Good morning, everyone. It's so great to see all of you today, and if you're visiting with us here or online, welcome. We're so happy to have you with our family at New Hope. Um, I hope y'all have had a great weekend. I know that I have, but my favorite part, of course, is Sunday mornings getting to be with all of you. And I just have a couple announcements. Um, All In Bible Study officially starts. One group started this week, and we have them tonight, and then Greg's in his barn on February 1st, that's Wednesday, uh, 6.30. So if you could just get plugged in, there's so many opportunities to be in that Bible study. I know the youth group is actually finishing that Bible study tonight. Our high schoolers have already gone through it. Um, so it's a great, a great study to really focus on where we are with Christ and what we should be doing with him and our lives should like, look like. Um, You'll see on February 19th, I just want to get, let you know what that means here, race night, RAGA race night, they are having a competition for the Pinewood Derby. So we've got the track and we've got the cars, they're building them and they're going to start painting them. And so mark that down on Sunday night that we're all going to be together as a church family to support them. And we have a fundraiser for that that will be um, published next week. And let's just go to the Lord now in prayer. Heavenly Father, how humbled we are to be in your house, to realize what freedom we have, to realize the forgiveness, the the mercy, the hope that we have that is only from your deliverer. It's from Jesus, from you, God. We were separated from you for so long and you sent Jesus and we praise you for that. We thank you that we have this opportunity to come to you in prayer to ask forgiveness for our sins, and to unite with other believers in worship. We thank you for that, God. I thank you for every single person in this room, in this watching online, and I pray over them right now with your spirit, Lord, that they will connect with you in a mighty way, that the power of God, your spirit, will dwell in them so deeply that they are moved to leave this place and study more and share and learn more and pray and be a witness to others, Lord, for us to be all in with you. And I just thank you for this time that we have to sing your praises. Let our hearts and mouths be lifted to you and our arms to you, Lord, and let us be pleasing to you as we worship and pray and learn from Pastor Russ. And we give you this time, Lord. It is yours, and we are yours. We belong to you. You are our maker, our creator. And it's to you you that we pray every day, Lord. Amen.
beautiful arrangement, wasn't it? Seeing the kids go out, <clears throat> thinking about my grandson Noah and, and his two sisters, the twins, Maggie and Palmer, though they can't talk yet, but the lady that keeps Noah and the girls, uh, he calls her Diddle, okay? Um, her name is Crystal, but they call her Diddle. I think years ago, one, one of the little kids that she kept uh, couldn't say Crystal, it became Diddle, so that's what she's known as. But, but she taught them this saying, which we should all apply to our Christian walk. When she asked them, you know, when she's trying to get them to do something and, and, and maybe they're being a little stubborn, she has this quote. She asked them, when do you obey? And they reply, right away. <laughs> when do we obey? Right away. When do we obey God? Right away all the way, and with a happy heart. Amen. We're going into our fourth week of our Be in 2023 series, and, and each week has been leading up, uh, in a sense, to today. Um, we talked the first week about guarding our heart and, and, and putting a fortress around it so that the world won't distract us from God, so the world won't take our attention away from God. And then we talked about sitting still, <clears throat> sitting still in, in the presence of God, 
just to rest in His presence, to hear from God, allow the, uh, God's Word and the Holy Spirit to speak to us in that silence, and then also to be holy, uh, where God sets us apart as believers from the world for His purposes, for His glory, for His honor. And, but in, in order to be who God created us to be, we have to be obedient to Him. There's no other way around it. In John chapter 14, verse 15, the New Living Translation says, If you love me, if you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, obey my commandments. There are hundreds of commands throughout the Bible that, that God issues to us. And in the gospel, Jesus gives us over 300 variants of commands. And they can be broken down into, into three basic categories. One is, is surrendering our life uh, to the Lordship of Christ. The other is knowing God and His Word and fellowship together. And then third is making Him known. Making Him known to the world outside these doors. And when those three categories are effectively being lived out in, in our lives, then we would in essence, be making disciples and therefore we would be carrying out the Great Commission in our life. And so, in all reality, though, there's probably some where in, in, in each of those categories that we're falling short. That we're not living up to what God wants us to do. But again, none of this happens unless we are obedient to God and, and, and obedient to a holy God that's perfect and sinless in every way. The disciples were, were, were convicted at the core of their soul when, when they were called to follow Jesus. There was no question in their, in, in their heart what they were to do when Jesus said, follow me. In Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5, we see the story of Simon, uh, Simon Peter and in, in verse 10, the second part of verse 10 and 11, Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. You will be fishers of men. And so they pulled up their boats on shore, left everything, and followed him. You see, when he left, he left everything behind and followed Jesus. He left his security. He walked away from his security and what he knew. In Luke chapter 5, verse 28, we see Levi. It says, After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said. And Levi got up and left everything and followed him. He closed up shop. He turned the keys over to somebody else and left and followed Jesus. In Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, we see the story of, of James and John when, when Jesus calls them. He says, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. And they were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. And Jesus called them, and immediately... 
Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. And so they left their family. They left their family business in order to follow what Jesus wanted them to do. In order to follow the call Jesus had on his life. You see, in all three of these examples, they all left immediately. There was no, oh, let me pray about it. I'll check with you tomorrow, Jesus. He said, come on, let's go. And they, they got up and got gone, didn't they? It was immediately. The key was response. There was a response to what God wanted them to do. They were all in for Jesus right then. There was no question. When God made the command, when, when Jesus told them to move, they moved. When Jesus said, come and follow me, they went and left and followed Jesus. You see, when Jesus commands, com gives us a command, we're to obey Him right away. All the way. And with a happy heart. And that's what we see here, the, the, the attitude of the, uh, of the disciples here. Now, I know we live in a, in a world today that's certainly different than the world back then. And people don't like taking commands, do they? You don't like being told what to do or where to go or how to do it, do you? When we're told something to, to do something at work, how do we respond? How is our attitude? Have you ever told your kids to do something, made them do something that maybe they didn't want to do or they questioned or they thought about? Have you ever had that problem, parents? Raise your hand. Okay, the rest of you are asleep or lying. I don't know which one. <clears throat> Did they gripe and complain? Oh. Did they stomp off and slam the door? I hope my mama doesn't jump up and say anything because I was a great stomper, okay? And I was a great door slammer, okay, growing up. Maybe that's where our grandkids get it, I guess. But, you know, or do they fuss and grumble the whole time? <clears throat> what was their attitude when, they, when you asked them to do something? Or you told them to do something? Or they were made to do something? I wonder if our attitude or our reaction to God is like that sometimes. But you see, in order to be who God created us to be, He's He's going to ask us to do some things that we're not happy about doing, that, that we don't want to do, that we prefer not to do. <clears throat> but nevertheless, He commands us to do it. Some of those topics, some of those things that maybe we don't want to do, we're going to address some of those in the coming weeks and months throughout this series. <clears throat> but nevertheless, when we, when we read God's Word, when God speaks to us, through the Holy Spirit, we are we're to, <clears throat> to obey Him. <clears throat> we're to be obedient to Him. In John chapter 14, John chapter 14, verse 23, Jesus said, Anyone who loves me will obey my teachings. Anyone that loves me will obey my teachings. My Father will love them, and we will come to them, and, and we will come to them, and make our home with them. You see, when, when we love, when we follow His commands, it shows that we love Him. The first verse that we started off with. If we love Christ, we will obey His commands. Jesus isn't asking us 
to do anything that he wasn't willing to do. He came in obedience to his father. He came and did everything his father asked him to do. He came and was completely obedient to his call in this world to live the life that he was supposed to live, even in the midst of all the the sinless, the, the, the temptation, everything that was going on. He still lived that obedient life. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, <clears throat> it says, Being found his appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death, on a cross. Are we obedient to God's Word? When are we disobedient? Why are we disobedient? This, this has been a problem since day one, or not quite day one, but since Adam and Eve had Cain and Abel. Adam and Eve were disobedient. Why? When were they disobedient? When they wanted to follow their own way, when they wanted to, to thinkingly, better themselves. But when are we disobedient? Why are we disobedient? See if this sounds familiar to our world. What's going on in our world today? I was, someone shared this quote with me this morning. It says, The children now love luxury. Think about that. They've got all their iPhones and iPads and you know bells and whistles on everything. The children now love luxury. <clears throat> they have bad manners, contempt for authority. They show disrespect for elders and love chatter in place of exercise. They sit in the home and, and play the Xbox. I play. Uh, uh, you know that was one of the main requests from from. Children this year was Xboxes and video games. It says they show disrespect for elders and love chatter in place of exercise. Children are now tyrants, not the servants of their households. They no longer rise when elders enter the room. Yeah, that, that's quite appropriate for today, isn't it? The problem was it Socrates wrote it <laughs> before Christ was born. And so we see that disobedience has been around for a long time, beginning with Adam and Eve and every person up until you and I. There's been disobedience. In Proverbs 22, verse 6, it says, Train up a child in the way they should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. You see, so hopefully even in, in the days of Socrates, maybe they grew up, and, and, and became wise and, and lived the life they were supposed to live. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, it says, <clears throat> Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. I received a, a transfer of membership letter request this week, and um, I'll change his name, but his name was, was Tom. 
Tom grew up at New Hope, uh, involved, uh, you know, in, in all aspects growing up, getting older. Uh, after he graduated high school, he went into the military, and, uh, but he never really connected to a church. He never really got, got serious about a church. Eventually, he got out of the military and, and moved back to the area, and, and, and he got remarried, and he and his wife got plugged into and, and got involved in a, in a really good church on the other end of the county. And they joined the church, and, and uh, praise God for that. And I know his mom, and, and I know she was happy that her prayers were answered. Because I know, I talked to her uh, in some in that intermittent time there, and she was concerned about her son not being not living the life or not having the closeness to God that, that she thought he could have. And she was pleased when, when she began to see his life changing and, and turning around. You see, we never know when, when, when God will honor our teachings or, or the prayers that we prayed for our children or, or for us or for other people. But we know that God is faithful. And we know that God will answer our prayers, but, but we're simply called to obey His Word and do what His Word says. God is faithful. God is faithful. James chapter 1, verse 22. We touched on this last week. It says, don't, just don't listen to, to God's Word. You must do what it says. Again, I said last week, we don't need sermons, Bible studies, Sunday schools, anything else. We just need to do what God's Word says that we've been taught, many of us, for decades. It says, otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 32 and 33. It says, now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Blessed are those who obey my commands. Listen to my instructions and be wise. Do not disregard it. You see, when God speaks through His Word or through the Holy Spirit, we are to obey right away. All the way with a happy heart. Because you see, anything short of absolute obedience to God is disobedience. After receiving the Ten Commandments, <clears throat> in Deuteronomy chapter 20, Moses lays out for the, for the Israelites over in Deuteronomy 28 the blessings of their obedience and the curses for their disobedience. There were blessings for following His, his commandments and there was curses or, or consequences for disobedience. Yes, there are consequences. In Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 and 2, it says, if you fully obey. If we fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all of His commands, I will give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. 
All these blessings will come on you and accompany you, accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. If you fully obey. Many of you my age or older, <clears throat> maybe a little bit younger, uh, will remember uh, Roger Staubach. He was the uh, a Hall of Fame quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, led him to the Super Bowl, won it. But he admitted that he had difficulty with the fact that he couldn't call his own plays. Now, in today's world, that's unheard of. The quarterback runs just about all the plays. <laughs> but, but he had a problem with that. And, and, and so Coach Tom Landry, legendary coach, he, would, he called the plays in from the sidelines. He told Roger Staubach, when to throw, when to pass, when to run, when to everything. Everything was done according to what Coach Landry wanted. And he told Roger Stahlback, he said, only in emergency situations do you ever change the play. He said, and then you better be right. <laughs> you see, even though Roger Stahlback considered Tom Landry to be a genius football strategist, in his pridefulness, he thought he should be able to run his team. He thought he should be able to have control over, over the game plan and what took place on the field. But later, Roger Staubach said, I faced up to the issue of obedience. And once I learned to obey, then there was harmony, fulfillment, and victory. Folks, when we learn to obey our coach, the Lord Jesus Christ, there will be harmony, fulfillment, and victory in our life as well. Again, being who God created us to be is dependent upon us being completely surrendered in obedience to God. In 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. It says, as obedient children. Obedient, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance or that you had when you, before you were saved, before your salvation. But just as He who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. Obedient children are obedient in all that they do. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, uh, it tells us to train ourselves. Train ourselves to be godly. Train ourselves to, to live that holy life. And that's only accomplished through our complete and sacrificial obedience to God. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12 through 13, <clears throat> It says, and now Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today. Why is He giving it to Him? For their own good, it says. Remember the Bible study we had a few years ago? It was called Not a Fan. 
A fan likes God when, when things are going good, when things are easy. A fan, though, makes excuses, but not a follower. A follower is one that's obedient to God's Word. A follower obeys God even in the difficult times, even when hard times come our way. We're still obedient to God. A follower obeys right away, all the way, and with a happy heart. Are you a, would you consider yourself today a fan or a follower? You see, ultimately our disobedience and our obedience is, a, is an issue of our heart. It's a, it's a sign of our true conversion, it's a sign of our, our commitment to Christ, and, and our obedience and faith is a sign of that authentic faith. Romans chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. It says, but thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey. You've come to obey from your heart the pattern of teachings that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and become slaves to righteousness. And of all the commands that, that are out there, Jesus gave us two commands that stand head and shoulders above the rest. In Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, verse 28 through 31. And that echoes the, the passage in Deuteronomy 10 that we, that we shared a minute ago. Matthew chapter 12, verse 28 and 31. Because one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. For there are no greater commandments than these to love God and to love one another going back to the beginning if we love God we obey his commands if we love God we obey his commands so love God and love others but are we being obedient to those two commands are we loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength? Are we loving our neighbors as ourselves? Have we surrendered our, our life, every aspect of our life to God? Are we surrendering to God all the time? Of, of course, Sunday morning is a great time to surrender our life to God, right? And we come to church and we look good and we do... But what about Monday night or Friday night or Thursday afternoon? Are we completely surrendered to God all the time? Are you all in? Are you sold out for Christ? 
that all begins, first of all, is accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. Have you done that? The one who, who came from the glories of heaven and lived in this awful world, this sin-filled world, to show us a way how to get back to heaven. He led a, he led a sinless life. And the, the world hated Him so much that they crucified Him on the cross and He shed His blood for the forgiveness of our sin. They buried Him in a tomb, but praise God, God raised Him to life on the third day to give us that hope of eternal life. Have you done that? Are you living that today? Are we loving God? Are we loving others? I'll close with this this morning. I know many of us have, have ridden horses before. A number of you have horses now. But it's amazing, isn't it, what a, what a, a horse trainer can do with a horse. You go to rodeos or horse shows or something, and, and they do all kind of tricks. I mean, bow down, roll over, sit up, uh, you name it. They can do it, and, and it's truly amazing. But isn't it a pleasure to get on a, a well-trained horse? I mean, one that you get on and, and you turn, you know, you touch the reins to the neck and it goes to the right, or you touch it on and it goes to the left, or you pull back and it stops, or you press the side of your leg and it goes where you're, where you want it to go. Isn't that nice? Isn't that, it's just a pleasure to be on a horse like that. They stop when you command it to stop. But then on the other hand, have you ever tried to ride a stubborn donkey before? <laughs> Some of you have, it sounds like. That's not too fun sometimes, is it? You get on it, you, you pull the reins back and forth, you click to it, you kick it, you all but beat it to death, and it still just stands there and don't move, doesn't do anything. In fact, it might just sit down with you. In thinking about our obedience to the Lord, are we a horse or a donkey? Are we a pleasure to the Lord? Or are we stubborn and rebellious children of God? It must be such a pleasure for God to work with obedient children. Which one are you? Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. Psalm 128 says, Blessed are those who fear the Lord and walk in obedience to Him. Are you the horse or the donkey? Have you surrendered everything to the Lord? And are we following the commands that He gives us without rebellion and doing what He wants us to do?
leading the life that He wants us to lead. Only you can answer that. And only you and God know which one you are, which one I am. What is it in your life? Where, what area of your life do you need to consider completely surrendering to the Lord today? I pray that in our, our, our hymn of response is, I surrender all, that, 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 that we would truly be able to sing that song with honest hearts. The Lord, I've come today to surrender my all to you. I am trusting in you and I will obey right away all that you want me to do. Join me in prayer. Father in heaven, we admit today that, that there are areas in our life that we've not completely relinquished to you. And God, in some of those areas, we're still stubbornly fighting and keeping from surrendering our life to you. And God, today I, I pray that as we look into our, our hearts and, and try to see our life from, through your lens, God, that we would live a life that is well-trained in, obe in obeying your word and listening to the Holy Spirit so that you can guide us and use us and, and Lord, just use us however you see fit. And God, wherever that stubbornness is in our life, we pray today that you would take it away so that we can become the people that you created us to be. And Lord, I pray that as we sing this song that we honestly can sing, I surrender all to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.